You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. when the original child's play came out in 1988 i would have laughed in your face if you told me that it was going to spawn this many sequels and a remake i mean did it really seem like it i mean it had little legs mind you but i didn't think it really had legs at all for even a single sequel much less god how many yeah we're talking about the perversion of a product in the 1980s the my buddy doll yeah that had a shelf life literally of five years before it was canceled so it really only had a day in the sun for about two or three years <laughs> and then after that period of time it just wound down and was gone yet here we are decades later yeah still getting parody films about this product that hasn't been on the shelf since god knows when it's kind of surreal quite frankly, that, that that this has happened. But Child's Play has become a very salable brand in horror comedy, although I think it, it started as more... And I I know we don't agree on this, but I, unfortunately trying to take itself a little too seriously as a horror brand. Because I never found those first two movies terribly good myself. Yeah. I'm like, I just... This just isn't scary. Like, there's nothing scary about this. This little doll that looks like a My Buddy doll, and I just... Okay, whatever. Um, and then it wasn't until they brought in Jennifer Tilly and started saying, you know what, let's play this, mm-hmm. milk this for laughs instead. Yeah. But I started genuinely enjoying these, and I think you go the opposite way. No, not so much. I, so I like the first, my deal with the first one is I think that it's a, the introduction of like an A plus character in a very like C movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the funny ones. I, Bride is my favorite one. Uh, yeah. and you know, then probably Child's Play and then probably Seed. Uh, and then further down, actually, like, I thought I liked two more. I, I just got all of these for Christmas from my girlfriend. I thought I liked two more than I did, and then I rewatched two. Two's actually kind of boring, except for the finale. Right. And the finale is like, awesome, but it's really only, like, 15 minutes of... Uh, <laughs> Otherwise cabinet, tedious, so like, really though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And three fared better, because I remembered not liking three, and three was better than two, which was not what I remembered from back in the day. We are Chris and John Golson, serious film critics, discussing the merits of the child's yeah, play so series. Yeah, so would we come to this as somebody who we both, we're both, we both consider ourselves horror fans. Yeah. And... We both have seen them all. Oh, yeah. You know? But most of them... Well, no, I've seen all of them more than once. Yeah. Uh, which is, once again, also bizarre to me. <laughs> this is the day. So I, and now, I guess, I, I was realizing today, because I finally saw Leprechaun Returns, I haven't seen any of the other Leprechaun movies. I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to watch those now, aren't yeah. I? Damn it. <laughs> They're probably going to send me a freaking box set. But we are at the point where, yes, not only is there a Child's Play television series coming out mm-hmm. that is written in a show run by the guy who created the original Child's Play and wrote all the movies uh, and continuing on with Brad Dorff as the voice of the doll and continuing the story from those movies, which actually makes me kind of happy. But we've got a reboot movie that's come out that he had nothing to do with and uh, was not pleased about it, quite frankly. <laughs> he was pretty loud about it initially, and then he just kind of fell into silence because I assumed they wrote him a bigger check. Yeah, and and I think at some point, it, you know, if you've got your own Child's Play 
product. There's right. only so much bad mouthing of child's play you can do before it turns back around and punches yourself in the face. Yeah. Uh, well, so I have bad news for him, and he probably was thinking, "Well, nobody's going to care about this movie." This fits in just nicely with the rest of the Child's Play you movies know, as a decent this, little Child's Play movie. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I thought, you know, if he ever gave this a chance, I think he would like it. Yeah. I think he would honestly like it. I mean, they're all super lowbrow, and this new Child's Play is no exception. But there's something to be said for this, even even going all the way through the Chucky films to the most recent one, which just came out like less than a year ago. Um this one has more of a sense of being a mod- actual modern horror film. All the others still have a feeling of sort of a film series that's somewhat trapped in the 2000s. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just kind of, there's a point it hit, and it just kind of kept making those kind of films. And this definitely feels like a newer one. It's maybe a little wiser. It's a little more, it has a little more advanced sense of humor than a lot of those other ones in here. And it's got some really interesting casting. I mean, my God, how in the world did they get Aubrey Plaza to be in a child's play movie? <laughs> I mean, she's like, if there was like a Greek goddess of like sarcasm, it yeah. would be her. And she's yeah. just kind of perfect in her weird offbeat corner of the universe. And yet here she is here playing the mom of a young kid, also called Andy. Like, like I assume we'll probably any movie about toys. The kid is going to be named Andy. Yeah. That's what that's apparently a that's, that's a, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She plays Karen Barkley, Andy's widowed uh, single mom. Although she is getting some on the side uh, with a guy who Andy is not fond of at all. Uh, God, what is that actor's? Oh, uh, uh, David Lewis. It was like one of those actors. I'm like, I know I've seen you and stuff, and I think it's mainly television shows. And it's like one of those character actors who appears on something for like a season. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's kind of a jerk. Uh, the kid is not very happy. He's partially deaf and has a hearing aid. Um, they're very poor. She works in an electronics toy mart type thing. It's never very clear. It looked like a Kmart, but it, then it, certain things about it weren't Kmart-esque. Right. It felt like, like it was like a cross between a Kmart and an Apple store. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's That was really the conflict. And, and again, and even then, it looked like it was in the rural, it was in like a rural area, but then they live in like some unnamed downtown yeah, city. They look at points, it was like, is this the city from the crow? <laughs> it's always raining and everything's real tight and kind of like, like not gothy, but noirish, yeah. you know? Yeah, the production design of Zed Mart was really weird. It was as if someone installed like, a wall of Titan Trons in the back of a Kmart. Right. <laughs> it was really strange. But, um, so he, she ends up getting like, a, a Chucky doll, which in this particular case isn't a, just a doll with a little voice recorder <laughs> they, in it. They, Chris, they removed his violence inhibitor. Yes, they did. Well, that's <laughs> the, the start of the film. They remove his, it says violence inhibitor removed. And right. I was like, what is, what? That's so ludicrous. There's no supernatural stuff in this one. Yeah, in this one, it's a disgruntled worker in Vietnam who basically gets into the, the last doll he's manufactured since he's been fired and switches yeah, switches off a language uh, like meter. Oh, there's all these inhibitors. Uh, inhibitor. inhibitor. Violence inhibitor. You're like, why would you need a violence inhibitor at all? <laughs> it just feels like it would be core in the AI to make it where that would never be. What, you think the military might want to use these at some point? I don't know. But it's supposed to be like a personal assistant type thing, but mixed with a little robot doll that, you know, can bond with you and it can, it can, uh, 
you know, just like a, like a Amazon Echo or a Google Home, it can attach to any other object in the house that has like that smart technology and activate it, which, you know, can you tell from the beginning where that's going to go eventually? But so she gets the doll that basically gets returned and, and uh, the guy's like, Oh, this, uh, this wasn't the doll. What was it? I can't even remember what the reasoning was why they brought it back. They brought it back because it had red eyes. Oh, because it had red eyes. Yeah, the, the two was coming out and it had red eyes, and they knew that something was up because it right. had red eyes. So th- she's like, "Well, maybe Andy will like it." And at first, he's like, "Dumb, this is for little kids." But he's pretty lonely, and he ends up getting kind of like, "This thing's kind of cool." That was part of the story that actually really surprised me. I had been skeptical from the trailers because I felt like Andy was too old to have a doll like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think the movie does a really good job with is setting up this situation in which. I kind of, I kind of bought into the use of the doll more than I expected to, mm-hmm. um, and and his reaction to it also is basically like, "Oh, this is kid stuff." Until he sees that it can do cool tech stuff, yeah, and then he kind of starts to play with it more and more and more. And his well, friends the- become interested in it. When that happens, then he uses it all the time, right? And so there was the he gets friends of, because yeah, of it. <laughs> the integration of the buddy doll into his life, I th- was one of the more. Uh, surprisingly pleasant elements of the movie because I I bought it. I was like, this is this feels right. I mean, he partially digs it right off the bat because its language inhibitor has been turned off yeah. as he figures out, and he even is aware that's not right. Yeah. So it's the first clue to him that uh, this doll, like the mom had said, I don't know, this doll may even not be working right, but like, hey, it probably mainly works okay. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And it's glitchy right from the start, and you know, the kid's like, oh, okay, well that's broken. So when things start going more creepy with the doll, which is right in front of him. The kid sees is witness to most of it. He is not as shocked immediately because, okay, we knew this doll was broken from the get-go. But the doll is a learning machine. And so it learns things like watching him and his friends watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and laughing in joy as people are being ripped apart. Oh, watching people get murdered makes Andy happy. Yeah. (laughs) There's lots of, you know... Stuff that doesn't a thousand percent work, but sure, it works well enough to get us where we need to go, which is the point where the doll, voiced by Mark Hamill this time, uh, has become the murderous stalker of Andy. And it is more of a, in a way, like a, like a 90s stalker movie in the, in that sense than the original Child's Play was, mm-hmm. where it's like really like, no, I don't understand. I thought you were my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like they really, you know, there's a lot of people that, that, prescribe a lot of sanctity to these uh, these iconic slasher characters, mm-hmm. and you they just don't want to see them messed with. Right. And the, one of the other things that surprised me about Child's Play was how different a character this Chucky is from Durif and Mancini's Chucky. Mm-hmm. It feels like a completely different character. This is a uh, this is a robot who only wants to be loved and will do anything to get that love and is broken. And even when I heard Mark Hamill was coming in to do the voice... I assume they were going to have him do something rougher. I, I assume like he was the going to end up doing a Brad Dourif impersonation. <laughs> and I thought, it, actually, in the film, there's a there's kind of a moment where you know, in any child's play movie, Chucky gets thrown away and then comes back. That sure. happens in like all of them. So it's no surprise to say at some point in the movie, Chucky gets thrown away and comes back. <laughs> when he, when I thought he would come back with like a more Chucky esque voice, but he keeps this kind of like pleasant, like I'm your friend, Andy, like <laughs> the entire time. And so I, I. You know, I don't think that – I think for anybody that's been skeptical about, like, uh, they're going to ruin it, they kind of don't touch it. They kind of take the name. They take some of the iconography of the way he looks, 
And then they sort of create like an all-new story around it and an all-new character around it. It mm-hmm. really it really was one of those horror remakes that doesn't try to um that doesn't try to like uh I feel like it's got to completely reinvent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feel it felt like something that it was like no, no, we have a we have a new approach. We have something slightly different that we want to try. We're not just uh, imitating the Mancini movies, uh, right? And other than horror gore, yeah, that's uh, true. That I mean, not horror gore, uh, but they're, gore they're, comedy is what I meant right. to say. Splat, uh, other than, splat yeah, stick. Other than splat stick <laughs> gore comedy, it really, it really isn't like the Mancini movies, except for its tone is kind of in line with like Seed or Bride. Yeah, it's definitely it, there's no. There's no other way to look at this than comedy horror, and it yeah. sets that tone very early on in the film. And I appreciate that, because I think that if they had tried to do straight horror with this, it would have been honestly kind of embarrassing, especially with the doll itself, which is so freaking creepy and it's goofy fugly. looking in the first place. It's super fun. That's the number one thing I had t- trouble b- believing that anyone would ever buy this thing for a kid. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> and not horrible in like a good horror design way like the original Chucky. Right. It's horrible as in that thing is ugly. Like yeah. butt ugly. <laughs> it's a bad design for a doll. <laughs> no question. You think all these after all these years after Chuck E. Cheese and his animatronic crew, they would have gotten it right. But no. Right. Uh Tim Matheson, who plays the the founder of Caslin Corp, which is the company that puts this and apparently every other electronic device that exists in this universe out, uh is is uh very proud of his product and I have a feeling we'll see him return again in a future movie with a I don't know, a future sequel with something more diabolical. I mean, but, but that's part of my problem with this is towards the end, that Chucky that I like that's just hurt, he doesn't understand why Andy's mad at him, genuinely turns more like Brad Dorff's Chucky in, towards the end, where he's like, oh, he's kind of sardonic and like wants to murder and is enjoying it himself. And I'm like, I kind of... I. I, that was the point where I was, I, I know it sounds weird to say suspension of disbelief went away with a child's play movie, but that was the point I, I pulled back a bit. It was like, okay, I like the idea that you kind of feel bad for the doll. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, this was all I was ever programmed to do was love you and you rejected me. And then he kind of turns into an actual murderous psycho towards the end. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say internal logic is the, <laughs> is the name of the game with uh, no. child's play 2019. It is not <laughs> for sure, but it gets some funny performances. It's got some good stuff. It's got some some really pretty badass kills in it. They're not yeah. wildly graphic, but like there's some graph pretty graphic moments in it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it's not a huge body count either. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more of Brian Tyree Henry in here, who's the next door neighbor's son, who's a detective, and he's on that show Atlanta, and lately has been in everything. Like it seems like they can't cast a movie without Brian Tyree Henry joining the cast now. It's yeah. it's a rule or something, which is great. Kind of a step down from if Beale Street could talk. But, yeah, well, you know, you know <laughs> he's he's playing the field. He's trying a bunch yeah. of different stuff. But I like he plays a character you like right off the bat. You're like, oh, I like this guy. I want to see him more. Him and and. I, I just don't feel that it's not like he gets out of the movie early or anything. The movie just doesn't use him as much as I wish, wished it had. Yeah. I don't know. I like also there's kind of, they're creating a sort of group of friends for him and you kind of like the two for the little kid and you kind of like the two other friends. And there's a point they kind of leave the movie for a while. And I was like, no, I really like it when they're all kind of part of the team, but it makes sense in the plot. Um, such as it is. I mean, ultimately, it's a child's play movie. You really, you know exactly where this is going to end up to some degree. Um, there's a lot of like, this doll can clearly teleport. 
type moments. <laughs> We're like, yeah. how in the fuck did he even get there? Type of things. But whatever. Let's go to final thoughts, John. What do you think? Uh, I will say that if you're looking for a very insightful film about how uh, children should be careful uh, what they say out there using technology, um, this film has like subtextual layers about uh, the use of technology in the home. Um, yeah, they're not. Whoever wrote this film, um, uh, Tyler Burton Smith, obviously is not a big fan of the Amazon Echoes and the Google Homes <laughs> out there. <laughs> I actually kind of liked the fact that it did play a little bit with, hey, be careful what you say on the internet because uh, your words have meaning. I think that's an important lesson for kids nowadays. And there's a lot of things that Andy does and says that he wishes he can immediately take back because Chucky takes him literally. Yeah. And I kind of thought that that added a little, it added a little smartness and a little bit of flavoring to it that I really enjoyed. I would probably put it, me personally, smack dab in the middle of the Child's Play series in regards to how I would rank it. Um, but I think if you have any interest in seeing it all, seeing it at all, make sure you see it on opening weekend with a crowd because I feel like there's one-liners and kills that get, they earn real laughs. Like, there's yeah. a one-liner in the movie that deserved the laughter that it got. And it, it's one of the better ones in a long time. It, it pays off a joke perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the movie is a, is a good audience movie. And if you like to see movies with like super gory kills with audiences, uh, it, you know, there's not a lot of them, but there's a couple of them. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's funny to see a horror. I haven't seen a horror film in a long time, a studio horror film whose aim was just to be as entertaining as hell. And that's right. essentially what the aim is. And I think they come pretty close to the mark. What's your, what do you, what do you give it out of 10? Oh, your art, we call it the arbitrary rating because you can instead here. of stars, you Let's pick something else. Um, this is a this is this is hovering, but I'm going to give it a six and a half. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. I'll give it a a very positive six. Okay, it's a very positive six, six. Six what out of ten? Six out of ten. Six what out of ten? Six. We call it the arbitrary. So instead of stars, you pick something else. I'll give it six. I'll give it six references to Orion movies <laughs> out of ten. There were a few of there those. There were quite a few here. of those. I didn't put it together with it being the production company, which, when was the last time we even saw an Orion They just film? resurrected Orion this year. Did they? Yeah. Okay, I, I was like... I think there's been one before this, but I'm not sure what it is. I, I don't remember. We watch on Digital Noise so many home releases that I see the Orion logo still a lot, and that for me there was just still like, wait, are they... Did it? I could have sworn. <laughs> There's that moment yeah. where I'm like, I could have sworn it's been a while. So yes, this gets six Orion Orion <laughs> references out of ten. Uh, yeah, I I found this very entertaining for what it is. Like I said, it's super lowbrow. It's for the crowd. It's for the crowd who already have found they liked some of the Child's Play movies and are going into this hoping this is going to be a movie that will hit them in some of the same spots and what they liked about it. And those people are going to come out of it overall pretty pleased with it. I'm not trying to take away your final words here, but I actually feel like I actually feel like this is a a, a good horror movie for kids. As weird as it sounds, it gets I think pretty if you have, gory. If you allow your children to already watch horror movies, I think yeah. they're going to dig this. Oh yeah, no, no, no question. Um, this isn't for the same people who are like waiting with bated breath for Midsummer. No, you know, <laughs> which I, I've already heard is quite excellent, yeah. but. 
It is for people like, like, I think like you and me who are like, man, I like these lowbrow things like this when they're good. And this one is pretty good. It's, it, it's put together well on the whole. It still could be better. And I would honestly welcome a sequel at this point because I feel like they cared about what they were making with this. And I would love to see them address some of the weak points that are in it and try and improve on it in a second one. They're going to get down to Chucky versus Chucky, right? I mean, that's the road, <laughs> that's the road we're headed down. Right? I hadn't even thought of that. I assume that's what's going to happen is there, we're going to, within 10 years, we'll see Chucky versus well, Chucky. Who owns, who owns, uh, like, I don't know who, I know Blumhouse Entertainment's one of the producers of like the Annabelle series, but I'm just saying, yeah. like they could do some production level <laughs> crossover, Annabelle versus Chucky yeah. versus if you see Toy Story 4, it's, Basically got a lot of horror movie elements in it, so screw it, you know? Throw that in there as well. Nice. <laughs> uh, I, I did enjoy this, though. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Um, let's see. Uh, well-dressed uh, watermelons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What was, the, what was the one line Brian Tyree <laughs> it's white guy dying in a watermelon patch <laughs> it's like, seems kind of like poetic justice yeah 